Thank you so much for checking out the audio version of my channel, Ruslan KD, can you stream out loud on all platforms? If you, yes, you find this valuable, the best way you can reach me, the best way you can give me feedback, the best way you can even hop into a group Zoom call with me is through our King's Dream Patreon community. So consider partnering with us there. The link is in the description of this podcast. Thank you so much for all the love and support. Now enjoy. Bruce Lawn. This is killing your faith gains. And I know you guys are like, what are faith gains? Okay, just follow me along for a moment. I'm going to explain the number one thing that ends up killing your faith gains. But just just follow me along for this metaphor, and, I, and I'll get to it in just a sec. you got to watch to the end because we got a lot of passages and scriptures we're going to cover today. But in fitness, in strength training, shout out to all my brothers out there that are strength training. Shout out to everybody that's trying to get the COVID weight off like me. Your boy's trying to lose 20 pounds. Baby pandemic weight, the whole bit, all right? Yes, the husband put on the baby weight as well. In fitness, there is this this kind of like tongue-in-cheek thing that's said a lot of times about, uh, this is killing your gains. This is killing your gains. And it's like you could be doing all these things right, but if you're doing one of these main things wrong, you could be unknowingly killing your gains. What are gains? Gains in muscle. And I think in the Christian life, there's a parallel where you could be doing all these things right, but you could also be doing certain things wrong and inadvertently killing the growth that you've had in your faith, in your faith journey following Jesus. That's what I'm going to want to get into here in just a second. We're going to add a lot of scripture that we're going to cover, so make sure you Watch till the end. If you're finding value from this, give this video a like for the YouTube algorithm. That helps a ton. All right, so faith gains. A lot of us start on this journey. We we surrender our lives to Jesus. We start walking with Jesus. Things are going good. And then before we know it, we hit a couple bumps in the road. Things start slowing down. What's going on? I don't feel that initial intensity I had. I don't have that same zeal that I had when I first came to faith. So you start kind of getting a little disoriented. What, what was happening? Why, why am I not enjoying the same intimacy that I felt. I think I narrowed it down to the number one thing that's destroying our faith gains. And I think it's more relevant than ever. The number one thing I think that's destroying our faith gains, because I think what the opposite of faith a lot of times is this, I think the number one thing that's destroying our faith gains is fear. I think fear, not in a generic sense, and I'm not talking about the fear of God, I'm talking about Fear and the phobia of being afraid about every single thing that's happening out there. Now, I'm going to get into some scriptures and some parallels about what's happening out there, and then we're going to dig into that and give you guys some practical application points. But let me explain it this way. My wife has a phobia of animals. What are you talking about? Okay, this is what I mean. My wife has a phobia of animals. She is afraid of all animals. It doesn't matter if they're cats, dogs, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter, okay? So you guys might think that'd be like, oh, that's that's a silly thing to be afraid of. Well, not, not for her. And this is what I mean. When there is a dog that is off the leash and we're in a public or in a private place, she gets very scared, okay? And people are always like, oh no, it's just a, it's just a dog. It's a good dog. Don't worry about the dog. My, my wife doesn't, it doesn't matter, okay? It, it, it doesn't matter to her in the moment. So I've seen my wife jump 
on top of chairs. I've seen my wife jump on top of cars. I've seen my wife jump on top of tables, dinner tables. She has this phobia of animals, and it doesn't have to make sense to her, right? It doesn't matter if you tell her that the dog doesn't bite. It doesn't matter if you tell her it's a nice dog. It doesn't matter if you try to if you try to rationalize it. She is going to freak out when she sees an animal, uh, cats, anything like that. It is a it is a phobia, and I think a lot of times in our pursuit, we have phobias of the outside worlds and we kind of have the same logic. Yes, animals are unpredictable. We don't know what's going to happen. And we don't always have a way to trace it back to anything. We don't always have a way to trace it back to a specific event that happened. It just is what it is. And it creates an interesting dynamic for the people you're with. It creates an interesting dynamic for the people that own the pet because they're just like, well, what's what's the issue? And they didn't know that they were going to freak you out. And I think there's these same phobias that's going on. We're in the middle of a panoramic or pandemic, right? I'm trying not to use the words that to get the Bible demonetized. There's a lot of pressure with the, the, the bang bang to potentially mandate the bang bang in major cities. They announced that it's going to get mandated in New York. They announced that it's getting mandated in San Francisco, healthcare workers, teachers in California. And so the news, the uncertainty of the economy, everywhere you turn, Fear and fear and fear is being pressed on you, and you live with a certain uncertainty. Do we not? We live with a certain uncertainty, and even if we sit and we try to have rational conversations, logical conversations, the fact is your fear doesn't have to be rational. It doesn't have to be logical, and sometimes it's not even rooted in a reality or in a risk versus reward assessment. My wife doesn't have a context that the vast majority of animals aren't going to attack her. She just knows that some might, and therefore it creates a serious physical reaction. And I think that's how a lot of us have been living our lives for the past 18 months in the middle of everything that's going on. And there's legitimate things to be concerned about. There's States and governments seemingly taking more and more power and apparently almost seeping into like a totalitarianism at times. And there's things that I I understand. I understand. But here is the deal. We're going to go to the scriptures and we're going to explore this concept. And we're going to look at a group of people that lived in even more tense situations than we do right now. And we're going to dig deep and get into the realities of what the scriptures command us to do with this concept of fear. And by the way, just because something is, is, isn't is real to everybody else doesn't mean that it's not real to you. However, your response, according to the scriptures, your response, according to the scriptures, doesn't change despite your awareness of fear. And again, for different people, it's going to be different things. Some of you guys are really, really concerned about a specific agenda from a specific group. Others are afraid of totalitarianism. Others think that People in law enforcement want to get you, uh, right? There's there's so many different things that depending on where you get your information from, depending on where you get your news from, you're going to be afraid about something. And one of the best things we could do is really just turn the news and the noise down. But if we allow it to seep in, and I catch myself, it seeps in, and I'm listening to stuff, and everything is just trying to startle me. I have to find a framework and a, and a foundation in God's word to continue this process of walking with Jesus or my faith will suffer. And friends, believe me, if you do not, if you do not check this, 
your faith will suffer. You will go through this life jaded. You will go through this life with a chip on your shoulder. You will be upset. You will be angry. And it may, unfortunately, render you a little bit ineffective to contextualizing Jesus to people that actually need Jesus, to, to, to living your life in a way that people can see Jesus in you and through you. 55% are not subscribed, okay? So make sure you hit that subscribe button. All right, let's jump into the scriptures. We're going to be in Jeremiah chapter 42. Now I'm going to pull this passage from Jeremiah chapter 42. In this book, the children of Israel cast as exiles into Babylon, okay? And the prophet Jeremiah is giving them how they are to act. And he tells them, verse, uh, this is Jeremiah 42, 11. He says, do not fear the king of Babylon of whom you are afraid. Do not fear him, declares the Lord, for I am with you to save you and to deliver you from his hands. I'm going to come back and bring this full circle to a popular chapter here in just a second. But as some of you guys also know, Jesus talked a lot about not being afraid. And then in Jesus' times, they were also living under an oppressive Roman government. Okay, Matthew 10, 28, Jesus says, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. So Jesus tells you, look, don't be afraid of the people that can kill you. Be afraid of God. Okay, and Proverbs, we know the Proverbs tells us that the fear of God, the, the reverence of God is a is the beginning of knowledge. Okay? Uh, Timothy 1:17, famous verse. For the spirit, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Okay, another translation of that: for the spirit of God does not give us a spirit of fear. We know that one. Okay, let's go to 1 John. 418. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Woo! This is this is this is a verse for some of us tonight. Okay. There's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. John 14, 27, he says, peace I leave with you, uh, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Jesus is saying, look, man, I'm, I'm going to go be with the Father, and it's a dark world that I'm going to leave you in, but, but don't let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So as you can see, there's this theme throughout Scripture, and it's in other passages as well. There's this scream that there's this, there's, this, there's this theme throughout the Scriptures that is, hey, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And in, in the world, the media is telling us the opposite. Be afraid. Be afraid. The Delta variant. This thing. That thing. CRT. Marxism. Uh, totalitarianism, racism, thisism, thatism. They want to get you. They hate you. They want to take away your rights, right? There's fear everywhere, yet throughout the scriptures, children of Israel and God's people are repeatedly told not to be afraid. In much worse circumstances than we have today, if we're going to be frank, okay? So I just want to establish that framework, all right? If you're operating from fear, it will hurt your faith. You will question. You will doubt. You will be afraid. 
But here's the application point, and we're going to go to chapter 29. Seldom is it read in context. Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. We love that verse. We're like, yay, God has plans to prosper us, right? That's like every prosperity preacher's favorite verse. God has plans to prosper you, right? <laughs> and so we love that verse, but we miss the context of this verse. We miss everything else that's happening in this story. So let's back up. I just covered this in another video, but I, I thought it was so good that I think we should go and cover it again. Again, verse four. Let's go, but let's just back it up. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I've sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Who is he writing to? He's writing to all the exiles whom he sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Why? What's going on here? God sent the children of Israel who were disobedient into exile into Babylon. Okay, so here they are coming from Jerusalem to Babylon. You think the, the, the system was built in their favor in Babylon? You think that it was intended for them to just do whatever they want, have all this liberty and all this freedom? No, no, no. These are way worse situations than we're dealing with here in America. But look at his instruction to them, okay? And again, if you want to see context, go read the story of Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Go read the story of Daniel, and you will see how intense it was and the type of stuff they had to deal with. So verse 5, he instructs them. He says, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce, take wives, have sons and daughters, take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters, multiply there and do not decrease, but seek the welfare of the city where I've sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf for its welfare, you will find for in its welfare, you will find your welfare. Verse 8, for thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your diviners who are among you deceive you. This is interesting. And do not listen to the dreams that they dream, for it is a lie. They are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, declares the Lord. Verse 10, for thus says the Lord, when 70 years were, are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. And then this is the famous verse. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans of welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. I'm going to read this also to you guys from the NIV because I think the NIV is really interesting. It's going to have a word in here that's going to trigger some of you guys, but it's okay because I, th I think it's, a, it's, it's, it's good for us to uh, be a little bit uncomfortable. So let's go back and let's just read this in the NIV. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because, because if it prospers you, you too will prosper. In every context, this is a much worse situation than anything we've ever dealt with in America. Okay? This is Babylon we're talking about. This is King Nebuchadnezzar. This is not Christian-friendly environments. And they're told to do a couple of things that I think parallel to what we should be doing regardless on where you are, regardless on what your political views are, regardless on what your th theological views are. There's some basic instruction that I think is timely for a lot of us that are dealing with fear. Let's go over them. So the first thing he tells them to do is build houses, settle down, plant gardens, and eat what they produce. The first thing he's saying is, hey, build houses, build homes, own your dwelling places, and build gardens that you may sustain yourself. 
Meaning that, hey, cre- build your life in a way where you, you're not dependent on anybody to feed you. You're not dependent on outside forces. Build your life in a way where you own your shelter and you also own the means of production. Okay, that's some wise counsel for a lot of us here, right? If you're building your life and you're dependent on things to remain the same, well, things may not remain the same. There is uncertainty, okay? And verse 6, he says, marry and have sons and daughters. Have a multi-generational perspective on these things. Proverbs says a righteous man leaves an inheritance for his grandchildren, Okay, so it's not just about you and your fears and your life and what you're afraid of. He said, no, no, build houses, right? Settle down, plant gardens. Oh, and by the way, think generationally. Expand in the territory that you're in. This is the kicker, okay? Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I've carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. So build houses, Plant gardens, okay? Plan multi-generationally and seek the peace and the prosperity of where God has placed you. Translation, build businesses, build wealth. Seek the peace and the prosperity by what? Adding value, helping people, problem solving on this side of eternity. We don't know when Jesus is coming back. We don't know if it's gonna get better or worse, right? And by the way, a, 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 a quick experiment, a quick thought experiment is when you are confronted with fear, right? Let's just say totalitarianism. Like we're afraid of totalitarianism. There's a lot of things that are coming down and mandates and this and that. When you're afraid of totalitarianism, here's an easy thought experiment. Let your mind go to the worst possible scenario. What is the worst possible scenario? I'll tell you what the worst possible scenario is. And I was talking to some guys that are really anti-totalitarianism and they don't like what's happening and this and that. And I said, okay, well, what's, how does this play out? And he said, you know, worst possible scenario here in America, which I think could happen, is America is no longer the United States of America. That some of the southern states, like, oh, I don't know, Texas and Florida, a couple other red states, declare independence. And then we aren't one united America right? You now have state-led governments, okay? So maybe 10 years, five years, we go to a European Union type of approach. Uh, What's another worst case scenario? Worst case scenario is, man, they just really come down hard on Christians and hard on those who want religious freedom and you get martyred and go be with Jesus, Okay, so we've just went through the lines of the worst case scenarios. Okay, those are the the two worst case scenarios. Okay, the the Antichrist rises up, you get martyred, you go be with Jesus. There you go. Those are two worst case scenarios. Um, All of those, all of those, although, is that like, at the end of the day, even if we lose, we win, right? At the end of the day, even if we lose, we win. At the end of the day, though, the command the what are you doing on this side of eternity doesn't really change now does it right in the worst case scenario america is no longer the united states of america everybody's freaking out we're so divided we're so polarized trump runs again 2024 he loses he was who knows what happens right california declares itself as its own state new york whatever we don't know but let's just let's just go it's 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 not the end of the world okay and even if it is the end of the world 
Jesus comes back and we still win. That's the worst case scenario. Now, Jesus may not come back for another thousand years. Jesus may not come back for another 500 years, another hundred years. At the end of the day, you're still called to do the things that you know you're supposed to do on this side of eternity. At the end of the day, you're still called to live your life reflective of the teachings of Jesus. And this is what I want you guys to think about. Extra credit, homework assignment. I want everybody who's watching this, go sit and read Matthew chapter 25 in a translation that you could understand. Read the entire chapter. Sometimes those verses that got added later and those chapters that got added, added later, sometimes, you know, they're not always the most helpful because we break apart what Jesus is saying. We read a chapter and we don't really understand it's one stream of consciousness and we're so caught up in the verses. I want you guys to read extra credit, extra credit points, read the entire chapter of Matthew chapter, chapter 25 in a translation that you can understand and ask yourself a couple of questions. Ask yourself if on this side of eternity with the life you've been given today, are you living out the life that God wants you to live out? Really sit and meditate and ask yourself that question. What are some things you could be doing different? What are some things that you could be doing the same? Think through that, okay? Because here's here's just, just, just something to think about. We have never seen a time like this ever in terms of the technology available to us, in terms of the ability to start businesses right on our phones, in terms of the ability to connect internationally, in terms of the ability to get the the gospel out there, in terms of the ability to help the less fortunate, right? That we've never seen a time like this ever in history, ever. That if you are watching this in the West, that you, even if you're the lowest of the lowest on the the poverty uh, totem pole, right? That you are still living better than how kings and queens lived just 150 years or 200 years ago. Like that's a real fact, right? And by the way, there's there's 6 billion people that will never own a car in the world, okay? There are people that don't have clean drinking water. There are people that do not have the ability to grow their own food. There's there's actual total poverty happening right now. And we are living in the most technologically advanced time ever. And we're afraid and we're scared and we're watching more fear porn. and And it's getting in the way of us actually living out what's supposed to happen on this side of eternity. Let me give you guys a real tangible example. Here's something real tangible. There's an organization that if you can donate your birthday, they do this whole campaign of donating your birthday, right? So instead of every, I'm turning 37 this year. I think I'm going to do it this year. New Year's Eve is my birthday. Instead of people giving me a gift or getting me something, I say, you know what? Hey, make a $37 donation in as a pledge to, to this organization and you create a whole profile. It's like a GoFundMe, right? And if you raise ten to $15,000, donating your birthday, you can actually build a well, a self-sustainable well in a part that doesn't have clean drinking water. Africa, Asia, South America. Think about that for a second. Think about that for a second. That ten to $15,000 can completely transform an entire village's experience if people rally together and make nominal donations. The organization is called Charity Water. Charity Water is the name of the organization, right? So that's amazing. Like, I don't think we quite understand how incredible it is that even if you are here watching this, and even if you're going through hard times, that you're still better off than like 
80% of the world, <laughs> right? Like that's a, that guy for real, right? And, and I think we're missing it. I think we're too afraid of un, uh, uncertain possibilities and we don't know what to do. And instead of looking at our lives and what we've been given, the opportunities we've been given, the opportunities to steward our time, talent, and treasure for the glory of God, instead we sit and we fight and we argue over things that are in the grand scheme of eternity are inconsequential. In the grand scheme of eternity, if Jesus comes back this year, next year, if America collapses, if God's judgment just completely comes down on the whole world, listen, you can't control any of that anyway. You really can't control any of that anyway. What you can control is what you can control. Focus on the variables that you can control. Focus on the things that you can control. And if you can get away from the fear and, and focus on the faith and, 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 and turn down some of that noise, turn down some of that fear porn that's being pushed on you every time you open YouTube, every time you, op- you turn on television, just turn that noise down and say, you know what, God, what am I supposed to do here now? What assignment do you have for me? Let me think in decades instead of days and weeks. Let me think multi-generationally. Let me think legacy. Let me think what do I want people to say about me when I'm on my deathbed? What do I want my grandkids to say about me? And it's very difficult to, to, to have that type of perspective when you're afraid of whatever issue, which again, I'm not, I'm not neglecting anybody being afraid of anything, right? To you, that fear is real. And to me, that fear is real. However, the only way to combat that is to press in to the very things that we know we're supposed to do here and now. So, extra credit points, sit with Matthew 25 in a translation you can understand. Read through that and then genuinely ask God, hey, what am I supposed to do in this season of life? What, what, what am I supposed to be doing here and now? Okay? I, there's a lot of things grasping for my attention. There's a lot of distractions out there. But what am I supposed to be doing here and now in this season? And how can I be a better steward of what you've given me? Okay? And then after you do that, leave me a comment in the comment section. Kingstream Entertainment, Bruce Lawn. Yo, thank you so much for making it to the end of this video. If you found it valuable, considering giving it a like and subscribing. This month, I'm releasing the Love What You Do collection. And to celebrate, I'm doing a three-day virtual event to help us go from learning to love what we do to ultimately doing what we love. By the way, it's free. So hit the link in the description to grab your seat today. Holy smokes, you made it through the entire episode shout out to you probably means you're rocking with what we're doing and again we ain't got no sponsors on this show and i'm gonna keep it that way but what you can do to keep it sponsor free is consider signing up for our king's dream patreon the link is in the description of this episode best way to get a hold of me best way to hop into a group zoom call and the best way to partner with what we're doing here help us create more stuff just like this Thank you for listening. Peace.